0: And I'm just, I'm loving looking at John's gospel, the signs and the sayings. And because I knew I was coming to speak here, I looked at Lucundo's message last week, which was, I am the gate, Gate." yes. And um, obviously it follows on nicely because we're going to look at, uh, basically just carry on reading chapter 10. Um, So I I don't want to waste any of the time I've got, so I just want to jump straight into John chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, let's go there together. John chapter 10, I'll give you some time to to shuffle. I actually got a brand new Bible yesterday. I don't have it with me because it's so new, it's in the box. Um, (laughs) But it's incredible. Um, I just, I love it so much. Um, So yeah. Cool. Cool. So, uh, John chapter 10, and from verse 11, uh, Jesus uh, carries on speaking and says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Been singing about that. The, The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Amen? Amen. Amen. Great. Um, so, so Jesus uh, says to us this morning... I am the good shepherd. Can we just say that together? Jesus is my good shepherd. Let's say that. Jesus is my good shepherd. It's such great news. Um, The word we translate as good here is actually better understood as kind of true or model or best. Um, I I have it on the next. If you want to go to my slide, um, just so you can see all of the different ones. I am the good, true, model, best shepherd. And so when we read this good shepherd, the word, let's try and think a bit broader. Um, Because as we've already seen in John's gospel, we've got uh, the best wine, if you remember that. We've got the true light. um, And then we've got, as we will see, the the true vine. We've had the, the true bread. And so now we're kind of getting at that idea of true, model, good, best just think of it broadly. Um, we've got the true, awesome, epic, fantastic shepherd, haven't we? Um, throughout the Bible, uh, the, the metaphor of, of the sheep and the shepherd is kind of everywhere, isn't it? You start reading the Bible, it's there already. Um, Abel was a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Shepherd. Jacob uh, and Isaac were shepherds. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. There were lots of other shepherds who I'm not going to name. And leaders, okay, who aren't actual shepherds and look after sheep, um, are described as shepherding in their leading, um, especially in the New Testament, okay? So the word pastor means to shepherd. That's what the word means, to, to protect. So that doesn't mean then, I'm just going to pick someone random, Judith. <laughs> Sorry, Judith. Uh, Judith is a pastor, right? But she doesn't wake up at five in the morning, get her rod and staff, and, and goes and tends to her sheep in Burnage. Don't know. We're going to give you opportunity to say you do. No? Okay. So, but Judith is a pastor, great pastor. But we use the shepherd in language because it really helps to describe what Judith does. You know, she helps to pastor, to, to feed, to guide, uh, to, to, to pray for, to help, to care for. Okay, do we get it. So all of this shepherd imagery is is supposed uh, to to point us, most importantly, to Jesus, because he's our ultimate shepherd. Um, He's our ultimate, good, awesome shepherd. But in in calling himself a good shepherd, Jesus um, is kind of hinting that there are bad shepherds, right? If there's good ones, there's bad ones. Um, and he likens the bad shepherds in the passage that we, we read to hired hands, um, which are people employed, basically, to, to look after the sheep, the shepherd's sheep. Um, they don't really care about the sheep. They just kind of want the wage bill. Um, and um, when danger comes, Jesus says, uh, when a wolf comes, they're kind of out of there. Uh, they, they, Jesus says in verse 13, the hired hand cares nothing for the sheep. Um, Throughout John's gospel, um, Jesus has kind of been warning us about these bad shepherds. In the previous chapter, if you remember, I spoke on chapter 9. Jesus shows us that a man born blind um, can actually see better than some of the pastors in Jesus' time. right? The the, the leaders at the time. The the man born blind has better vision um, is what chapter 9 was kind of teaching us. Um, So, this is really important. But... Jesus is not making like a brand new observation. He's not saying something new here. He's picking up from something in the Old Testament um, from a major prophet called Ezekiel. And so let's check that out together. It's a long chapter. Um, I'm only going to read a few verses from it. Um, but if you get a chance this week, uh, give it a read in, in its full because it's, um, it's pretty awesome. So Ezekiel, um, it should come up. Just up up, up there. So from chapter 34. And I'm going to read from verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against who? The shepherds of Israel. Right? Prophesy and say to them. So, right, he's not prophesying against. Shepherds in the field. (laughs) He's prophesying against the leaders, right? The shepherds of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. God appointed leaders to shepherd, to care for his people but in this instance, they're, they're, f- they're failing. Um, and by Jesus' time, we see, we're reading it, the situation hasn't really changed that much. And some of the religious leaders, Jesus is calling them hired hands here, um, were continuing this like poor shepherding of God's people. But listen to what we read from verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of cloud and darkness. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. And then right to the bottom of the chapter, then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. And here's the beautiful verse that ends the chapter. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. You see, it was always God's plan right from the beginning to be our shepherd. Right? Because no one, absolutely no one, can care for us, can guide us, can feed us, can protect us as well as the Lord. No one. It was God's plan all along, okay? To to free us from bad shepherds and to lead us to Him, the best shepherd, right? The truest, the model, the good shepherd, Jesus. Because unlike any other shepherd, unlike anyone else, we read, Jesus says that he lays down his life for his sheep. Um, We can trust in Jesus fully, knowing that he's never going to leave us. Um, Even when life gets difficult, when the wolves come, um, he isn't going to leave us, even if danger comes. Uh, And even actually if it would benefit him to run. He is faithful and he's true. Um, The scripture says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is faithful. He's not in it for the money and he's not a traitor. (laughs) Um, So uh, the traitors, you've probably watched it. You've probably heard about it. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you've been under a rock That rock is Jesus, so you're okay. Um, But I'll just give you a little bit of a kind of, you know, there's there's 22 strangers. They all meet in a castle with a series of missions, really, uh, for a chance to win £120,000 for themselves, potentially. So I don't want to give away any spoilers because I know there's been a final. Um, However, amongst the players lie the traitors who meet in secret and decide the fate um, of their fellow players known as the faithfuls, okay? And as the show goes on, it kind of proves really that an informed minority um, will always have an advantage, will always be able to manipulate um, over an uninformed majority. So it's a lovely little social experiment going on. And it's the faithful's responsibilities to work out who the traitors are. As the show progresses, we see, don't we, (laughs) if you've watched it, no surprise, at the heart of humanity, oftentimes, is self preservation. Um, People you thought you could trust betray you, especially when there's a prize to be won. People you thought you knew deeply reveal that they are secretly traitors or wolves. Um, I don't know if you do this. Maybe I'm just weird, but I'm watching the traitors, and I'm like, would Jesus ever go on the traitors? You know, <laughs> feels like opportunity for him. Um, I don't know. Um, would he? Would he? How about would he be a? Would he be a good traitor on the traitors? Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't think he would. Because a good traitor chooses self-preservation, but Jesus always chooses self-sacrifice. Jesus doesn't take the prize money. He says here that he lays down his life, right? Ultimately on the cross, but as a baby, really, from day one. Throughout his life, all the suffering, endurance that Jesus goes through, his testing, he lays down his life for you and for me. Um, in life, Jesus, your good shepherd, will never betray you, like the hired hand here that we read about, and he will never lie to you. He will always be loyal to you, right? In the traitors, the, you know, the contestants think, it's funny, isn't it? They think they know one another so well, like, I know that they're, they're faithful. I'm 100% faithful. Uh, <laughs> I know they're a traitor. They're definitely a traitor. And Most of the time, they're really wrong. <laughs> they're way off, and you're watching it like, "Oh, you're so wrong!" <laughs> Stop voting them out. Um, so most of the time, they're wrong. They think they think they know someone, but it often leads to betrayal. But as we will now turn to, only Jesus, only Jesus really knows who you are. Okay, only the Good Shepherd knows who His Faithful sheep are. Verse fourteen: I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, my sheep know me. Um, our great shepherd knows us. Yeah. Jesus knows you, right? He doesn't know you in the sense of I know Kalani. You know, he weighs this much. He's this tall. He's married to Holly. Yes, he knows that. Um, but he knows you more intimately. Um, so closely that Jesus says, then in the next verse, that um, you will know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I mean how intimate can you get? They're like Trinity intimate. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you know, um, when we picture shepherds, and Jesus particularly is a good shepherd. You might have a, I don't know what picture, if I say to you, good shepherd, Jesus, what do you think of? You might think of this, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to comment at all. Um, but, um, you know, what, what do we notice about this picture? Jesus is, is, is very white, so probably not true. Uh, Jesus is um, very clean in this picture. The lambs are nice and cuddly and clean. It looks very nice, doesn't it? What a lovely job to have. Um, in truth, shepherding was and remains. I mean, is anyone a shepherd in here? No. Um you could correct me if, if, but I imagine it's very difficult. Very, very, very dirty job in the mud. It's not the cleanest thing. So maybe something like this. I don't know. Um it's, it's a dangerous job as well. Um, there are wild animals to fight off, and there are thieves who want to try and nick the sheep. Um, in Jesus' day, the, the Greek and Roman world had a very low opinion of shepherds. They were considered vulgar and unclean. And, and the reason for this is because, you know, shepherds spent most of their time outside with animals. So you're going to become smelly and dirty. And, and Shepherds, though, were, were very brave. They were courageous and they were vigilant because they had to look after their flock no matter what. And I think this is why you know, this metaphor of, of, of shepherd and sheep is still really powerful today, even though none of us in the room are shepherds and, and farmers and we don't have that kind of go-to experience connection. It still remains a really powerful metaphor because it captures, I think, so accurately... The intimate relationship that God wants to have with you. You know, think about it. Jesus could have said, could have had another I am saying, I am Caesar. (laughs) I, you know, I am a Roman Emperor. Yeah, and you are my people. But Jesus doesn't say that. You know, we might want to try and modernize it and go, you know, I am the CEO and, and you are my employees. And but Jesus says something very kind of basic here: I am a good shepherd. And you are my sheep. Unlike rulers or CEOs, Jesus is saying, I'm giving my life to being with you quite a lot, all the time. And I'm going to guide you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to protect you. Does anyone have a boss like that? (laughs) Um, I do, Rich and Judith. I mean, they just, (laughs) they do everything they clean, they come around my house, they clean, they, they hoover, they cook me meals. Um, it's, it's our turn this week, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, honestly. Brilliant. Um, it says in chapter three, each sheep, Jesus calls, um, sorry, in verse three, Jesus calls by name. Uh, to this day in the Middle East, um, Shepherds will go outside every morning and call out to their sheep, one by one, by individual names, yeah? And in Jesus' time and today, um, shepherds often have nicknames for their sheep, you know, big ears or (coughs) spotty nose, Uh, you know, I'm sure Jesus has more flattering nicknames for us uh, than than, than these, Um, but, um, you know, that's why, you know, we mentioned Luke 15 earlier, the good shepherd. Um, with the lost sheep um, i always wondered you know in that story how did the shepherd know that one one sheep was missing right and that there was 99 sheep and not 100 cuz if you show me a picture of 99 sheep and 100 i don't i wouldn't be able to tell you um, which is different and um, i mean if there was like 95 sheep missing i'll be able to say oh there's 95 sheep missing clearly uh, there's a lot of sheep missing um, but the shepherd knows there's 99 sheep and not 100. And he knows this because he, he, he knows each one individually. And he has nicknames for them. And he probably went round and, and, and counted them all one by one. Because the shepherd cares. And each one matters. Right? Each one matters. It matters that there's only 99 and not 100 loads of great scriptures here i love isaiah 43 one do not fear for i have redeemed you i have summoned you by name right you are mine i've called you by name so personal you're mine psalm 139 the whole thing but you know first verse you have searched me lord and you know me right god knows you Jesus, your shepherd, knows you. And the reason this should fill you with confidence in your everyday life and assurance is that Jesus knowing you means that he understands you. And he has unending compassion towards you. He gets you, right? He, he knows why that thing frustrates you. And he doesn't frustrate other people. He knows why you're harsh on yourself sometimes. He knows why you struggle with that temptation, that sin, because He knows you. He knows you. Hebrews four fifteen should just be um, ringing in, in, well it's ring, it rings, ringing in my ear as I t- start to talk about this. But Jesus, our heavenly High Priest, right, can sympathize with our weaknesses. Yeah. The word used for um, sympathy here is, get, is getting more. It's not like, oh, I, I understand. It's actually more about a shared feeling, right? That Jesus actually shares that feeling. And weakness isn't sin. It's, it put, it's, more, it's like the struggle of being human, okay? You know, wrestling with tests, temptations, whatever it is in life, mental health, illness, anything that life throws at us. Jesus experienced weakness, didn't he? And he experiences it with us today. Because the shepherd, this is where the metaphor kind of breaks down, but the shepherd became a sheep, ultimately, right? Yes. Sacrificial lamb. And Jesus um, really became human. It wasn't like acting, um, it wasn't like theater. You know, He really suffered, okay? He, he was really tested. Uh, he really didn't want to go to the cross in Gethsemane. He really didn't. And um, this isn't theater. Um, Jesus really did become like you and me. Um, because Jesus knows us. And he, and he knows us because he became us, right? He understands you so well. And, and now, you know, it means this is this, well, it's such great news. We don't have to experience life alone, Okay. But in all things, our good shepherd is walking with us. And he goes, I get it. I get it. And I have, but I've got you. <laughs> We've got this. And he experiences life now, now with us, okay? And he offers us help and guidance. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. My sheep know me, kind of like the second part. And whenever I've spoken on this, and I did about 14 months ago, um, I spoke about this, and and whenever I speak about sheep, I'm always a little bit too harsh on them, I think. Because, right, they're not prey, they're always predators. Sorry, (laughs) They are prey. They're never predators. Um, they're not very clever, um, at least in terms of their own survival. They've got really poor eyesight. Um, they, they're, they're always in danger. <laughs> they, they need loads of guidance. They basically need a full time carer, um, which is the shepherd. Um, but despite all of this, okay, so I've often pointed to the weaknesses of the sheep. I've forgotten their superpower which is that they're cute and cuddly. No, it's not really. Um, That's that's another positive I could think of. Um, No, their superpower, okay, the most important aspect about them is that they are incredible at distinguishing between the voice of the shepherd and someone else's voice. They're really good at it. Um, Jesus says a couple of times in this chapter, the sheep will listen to my voice. Yeah? Um, if you can be good at anything in life, let it be knowing what is God's voice and what it isn't. Yes. Um, this one advantage, no, you know, no matter how many kind of, how, how we're aware of our weaknesses and disadvantages, this one advantage will make up for all our weaknesses. Um, the sheep are brilliant, almost rude when it comes to ignoring other people. Um, if we can get this one thing right, um, it's got to change everything. Um, so, okay, how do we recognize God's voice? Um, thankfully, it's not a secret. Um, discerning Jesus' voice requires uh, just a relationship with him. <laughs> yeah, a, a close relationship with Jesus. Um, that's it's quite simple, isn't it? We can move on. Let's talk about it a little bit more, though. Um, uh, to know the shepherd... Um, like Jesus knows the Father. This kind of intimacy um, is what... And, you know, Richard touched on that, and we've touched on so many themes this morning, which is just really great. Um, I I find it interesting, though, when I read this chapter, Jesus just keeps slipping into the chapter, this phrase, I lay down my life for the sheep. (laughs) He just keeps throwing it in there, um, alongside this kind of theme of knowing him. And I think, well, that's really interesting. How are they connected? Um, It makes me think that maybe... Knowing God and hearing his voice looks like exploring Jesus laying down his life for us. Maybe giving our lives to discovering more and more about what Jesus did for us will increase our knowledge and love for him. Okay, so maybe when we start to explore this more, maybe that will help us in our knowledge and love of him. So we read the Bible, don't we? Um, we read about Jesus. Um, we study his life. Uh, we we really contemplate, you know, what he did for us. And when we keep on doing this, we basically go deeper, um, and we increase our love for him and our knowledge of him. And in doing this, we kind of sharpen our ability to hear his voice. Um, so it's a growing knowledge. You know, we won't learn everything straight away. Um, and, and John's gospel will actually keep on teaching us more about this theme, maybe in the coming weeks, and um, with the vine, okay, and that language of abiding in, in, in him. Um, so we read scripture. And we cultivate intimacy. And we do that in many ways. But really, basically, it looks like talking to God, which is prayer. Um, according to relationship experts, it isn't love... That sustains relationships, at least in the modern definition of love. But actually, these four things are what sustains relationships: trust, connection, safety, and intimacy. Okay, they lead; those four things lead to long-lasting relationships. When I was uh, young. <laughs> Sorry, just looking at the 80s and 30s weekend away, I remember being in this room and laughing, 30s, ha, ha, ha. When I was a young student, um, I, I used to generally connect to my head, like hearing God's voice and intimacy with like spending three hours praying, reading the Bible. That was like in my head. Um, and obviously that's great, wonderful if you can do that. But then I started working, you know. I started studying at the same time. I got married, became a dad, and I realised that, you know, basically, alone time with God is um, hiding from people. <laughs> you know, it changes, doesn't it? And um, yesterday, I dropped my daughter off at um, the grandparents' house. Had a rare day, just me and me and my wife. And um, this morning. No child, we had, listen to this, an uninterrupted conversation. It's amazing. I was so happy. I even told the Tesco delivery driver. Um, I did, honestly. He didn't look bothered, I don't know. I wanted more from him, really. Um, but sometimes, right, intimacy, uh, and by the way, just, just to clarify, I wouldn't change being a dad. It's the best thing ever. Um, but you just got to adapt, haven't you? Realise. Life changes. Um, sometimes that in- intimacy looks like um, taking advantage of moments throughout the day, right? Um, being tactical. Um, I can't hug my wife in front of my daughter. She just goes ballistic. She does like it. gets jealous, you know? <laughs> uh, so you just got to be tactical. Um, so um, we... I used to do it when I was little, to my parents don 't know what it is, um, so we discern god 's voice don 't we, through knowing him in the bible through through intimacy and um, but just i don 't want to limit us like be be you you know however God communicates to you and um, you know I, you know I, I like going on walks, nature, maybe you hate that, <laughs> that 's the last thing you 'll be doing um, you know God speaks to me through that, and um, maybe like you know watching the traitors or whatever um <laughs> I shouldn't be plugging the traitors too much, should I? It's got some swearing in it, I think. Um, I don't know. And whatever, you know, each to their own, I don't know. You decide what's right for you between you and God. Um, through, uh, anyway, but my point remains the same. Um, God can speak to us through various ways. Um, I don't want to touch on other chapters that are coming up, but later on, John's Gospel... Um, he's a really helpful ingredient um, we will start to teach us about Jesus is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit will be really key here because he's, he's, said, he's said to guide us into all truth. Now, I mean, that's pretty helpful, isn't it? So Holy Spirit, key. Um, I want to say as well, you know, uh, hearing God's voice, knowing him, you know, God speaks to us individually, but he speaks to us like together. And... Um, you know, I love to see in the prophetic words, you know, yes, God spoke to you and that's your word, but that's actually my word. Right? He spoke to me as well. Um, and, and we're one flock, aren't we? It's not like separate sheep in the separate fields. We're all together. And, you know, God uh, speaks to us uh, together. And I think that's really important for us to, to, to hear Him together. Um, and sometimes, you know, what God is saying to you, is well, I think most of the time, he's saying it to all of us, isn't he? Um, and God, God is always speaking, and I just love those moments where someone brings me a word, and it's like, oh, thank you, that's like that jigsaw piece that was missing. Um, and it was just beautiful. In eight days, as Richard kind of uh, said in the announcement, we've got a wonderful opportunity, haven't we, to kind of grow in intimacy with God? practical thing coming up um, prayer and fasting and um, so yeah i just want to encourage us again um really to, to kind of use that week uh really you know prayerfully um just kind of just growing making steps in and putting in healthy patterns in our life really wherever you can uh and growing in that in- intimacy with god um it all it all it all it does really it just takes a yes from us um uh, and God just, uh, uh, you know, comes alongside us, and it's amazing. Let's, let's keep reading, then. Um, uh, the final kind of um, bit, really, I want to look at is verse 16, really. Um, uh, I, Jesus says, "'I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They, too, will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd.'" Um, I have other sheep um, you know in its uh, initial uh, context if you're familiar with this maybe you know we might we might read this as referring to um, you know the early church was just Jews and then gradually with Paul and other people and, you know non-Jews Gentiles came into the flock and so we might be thinking that's what Jesus is talking about here potentially um, but it's not limited to that at all is it and um, um, but as we read in this, uh, in this passage, um, I, I think it's massively unfulfilled today. It totally is, isn't it? There's still a lot that we've got to do as a church. Um, Jesus says at the end of Matthew, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, Two thousand years later, you know, all of the nations are in Greater Manchester, aren't they? And so we don't need to, well, if you feel called to travel, and that's fine. But we don't need, all need to do that because all the nations are here and on our doorstep. Because um, Jesus here is saying that he's, he's, a, he's a good shepherd, but he's a good shepherd for the whole world. Right? I laid down my life, John 3.16, you know the famous verse, for the whole world, right? God so loved the whole world. And he's now a shepherd, intends to be a shepherd for all people who have come to him. And um, so when Jesus says here that um, he must bring other sheep into the sheepfold, that's not like, okay, Jesus will have a great time. <laughs> he wants to do that through us. <laughs> all right? Jesus through us. Um, we're partnering with him. And Jesus goes to others and he wants to do that. The spirit is at work in the world, but it's through us. Okay, it's through us. Um, because Jesus is the shepherd of the whole world. Um, there is a song that I'd love us to sing together. Um, so if the team can kind of, kind of help us in that. Um, you know, this morning, we have been confronted with our great, good, awesome, epic, fantastic shepherd, Jesus. And he calls us to himself. He guides us, protects us, leads us. He never betrays us. He's always faithful. And he knows you. He gets you individually. He knows you intimately. And he wants us to know him, right? To hear his voice, know him. Um, There's nothing better than knowing our good shepherd.